Hey, I'm Mr. Shifter. Uh, Which camera am I looking at? Uh, this one right here. Yo. <laughs> I'm Mr. Shifter from Columbus, Ohio. I've lived in Columbus, yeah, Ohio. Return my whole guest. Life. Yes. You're a veteran to this shit by now. I am. What's up, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and today we're talking to a longtime friend of the show, better known as Mr. Shifter. Now, he joined me here in the studio, along with Tony DeSero and Mo Dingo, who were both kind enough to run cameras and interact with the chat and all that while we were doing the Twitch stream. Now, by the way, if you'd like to catch these performances live when we do them, you can always give us a follow over at twitch.tv slash passionate DJ. Now, Mr. Shifter is an electronic music DJ and producer from Columbus, Ohio, and he has a focus on drum and bass, jungle, and the surrounding genres. Now, he was originally on the show way back on episode 31 for an episode called DNB 101. And most recently, I believe he was a guest for our episode 200 celebration. Now, in today's episode, we're going to talk about the struggles of forging an identity while playing and making multiple styles and genres of music. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what it's like to work in duos and trios and do different types of collabs. We'll talk about DAWs, you know, different studio software and production techniques. We'll talk about Jack's experience with taking piano lessons. We talk about the variety in drum and bass and the related genres. Of course, we couldn't get away without talking about DJ gear. We especially talk about the Pioneer 2 channel mixers like the S11. And we talk about mixing sort of DJ unfriendly music, you know, stuff with human drummers and stuff that's not exactly quantized or snapped to a grid. Uh, also mixing on 45s. Uh, and then, of course, we talk about Jack's obsessive collecting and organization habits which is just the stuff that us passionate DJs live for. So I hope you'll enjoy today's episode of the Passionate DJ Podcast. And the music you'll be hearing in the background and at various points during today's show come from the set that Jack performed for us live. If you want to listen to the full drum and bass set, you'll have to make sure that you follow our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash passionate DJ. Because we'll be posting that a little bit later in the summer. However, we have already posted a teaser, which is a 27-minute chilled halftime segment that I'm literally just obsessed with. I've been listening to it on repeat ever since we recorded it. So go and check that out when you're done with this episode. But for now, here's the one, the only, Mr. Shifter on the Passionate DJ Podcast. So, Mr. Shifter, welcome back to Passionate DJ yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry about that. I switched <laughs> you right off. Welcome back to hour. Come on. Yeah. Welcome back to Passionate DJ Studios. We're doing it live. And uh, so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I really like the, I don't know, what do you want to call it? The subdued nature of that kind of drum and bass where yeah. it's like the, the journey style. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just totally winged that. Like, not like, you know brushing myself off but I just kind of didn't have any idea what I I mean I put a, a playlist together but I didn't really have any idea of like what order yeah. they would go they just kind of all had that like moody or kind of moody vibe um, I don't get to play that stuff as much as I want to like it works really well to kind of like warm up the night um, mm -hmm. seems like I'm playing a lot of like peak hour sets like at midnight one yeah. I mean it, it works at that time but um, sometimes at like midnight I feel the need to like 
you know, <laughs> like play, play some bangers and stuff. So, but I just, I really, really love moody kind of rollers like that. That's so on the so far on the stream, did we hear any Mr. Shifter originals or no 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 no? no. no. I um I didn't, I didn't I you snuck anything in there on us. Like most of the stuff I've been producing lately has been a lot of like jungle and a lot of like really raw kind of stuff, and it wouldn't have worked with this with this. Gotcha. Um, but I'm trying to produce like I'm all over the place. Like when I DJ, I'm all over the place. When I produce, I'm all over the place. So um, I've kind of produced quite a bit different stuff over the last five years but the stuff i've been making lately has been more like on the jungle side um have you been kind of like i don't want to say entirely focused on um drum and bass jungle type of music or because i know you you explore a lot of styles yeah like you've, you've got there's a hip-hop side of your djing yes. there's you know there's the jackie boy house stuff yes um and then there's the drum and bass halftime liquid all yeah. that kind of stuff I'm, so I'm, where where's your head been at i guess well my head is always all over the place but i'm tr <laughs> i'm trying to like i'm trying to kind of like forge some kind of like identity it's just really hard when i like everything yeah. like i like to dj everything i like to produce everything so it's it's hard like i've said it in interviews on passionate dj before like i sometimes i worry about like being a jack of all trades and a master of none um you have to make that decision like do i is this worth creating a new moniker for or a new brand right. around yeah. or is this just part of Mr. Shifter or Jack, you know, Jack? Well, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to have some kind of connective tissue with the stuff that I produce, like some kind of like audio fingerprint to like people who can be like, I hear Jack in that no matter what yeah. it is. Like if it's a jungle track or like a vocal liquid track, like I, I'm hoping to eventually have some kind of you know fingerprint is the only word i can think of to describe it do you produce um you ever take any time to produce like four to the floor yeah stuff? um it's been a long time it's been a couple years um and i don't have that much time to work on music because i have three kids and <laughs> um work. yeah i run a business so like i just i barely have enough time to do any drum and bass as it is um i really i've done some like uh i have some like work in progress stuff of some like really cool ideas that i just haven't been able to like flesh out into entire tunes mm. um i i've done a few things though um nothing that's been released i had one like kind of uk garage track oh, that i did that cool. was like uh i had a few labels that are that were interested in it and i never quite found a home for it but i'm gonna need that jack once you drop it yeah i'll send it to you it's all it's <laughs> i think it's i think i have a it's called out the box I think it's on my SoundCloud, um, but uh, that was like one of the only things lately that I've like finished. Um, I just got stuck on a few things. Um, I guess what I'm curious about is like when you're, like if you're producing like say a house track, yeah. Um, like, do you carry that same philosophy over uh, that you do with DJing? Like, you, do, is there a is there a signature yeah. that you would hear in a in a in one of your house tracks that that you would recognize it even if you if I knew you from your drum and bass tracks yeah. does that make sense yeah like most of the four to the floor stuff that I've worked on like incorporates break beats but not like break beat not like Florida breaks or anything like mm. that like um, like the garage track that I did had some like breaks that I would use for drum and bass like you know high passed and kind of like yeah. sh shuffling in the background and stuff so I haven't really done any like just straight up deep house or techno tracks like most of the stuff that I do that's in like the 120 to 130 range has like some kind of 
influence from like the hip hop and the drum and bass stuff that I'm into. And it's usually the drums. Like it's usually uh, like really interesting percussion, um, like break beats or, you know, okay. uh, African percussion, like something, the percussion is like something that always like kind of... But what is it that you go for? Is it like, is it complex percussion? Is it a certain kind of groove? Is it, you uh, know what I mean? More like, like groove, groove oriented. Um, like, you know, I try to like not get too, like I have a habit of making things like a little too complex sometimes. I feel like sometimes I need to like strip things back a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I try like, sorry. Um, I try like too much, <laughs> like yeah. I try to like throw too much into a track and I feel like I need to have more of an editing mind and kind of like mm. strip things back a little bit, but like yeah, less is more kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know, just have like three or four really strong elements rather than just like adding more things, you know, to kind of fill the, the space, mm. you know, if you have yeah. like three or four really strong elements, like a baseline, that's just really funky and you know memorable kind of earworm kind of thing like you don't need a whole lot of other effects and plus it's easier on cpu on cpu yeah. cycles so. oh i mean you <laughs> should see some of the projects i've got like 70 <laughs> tracks and oh, i'm God. just like what am i doing Ableton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Still living. How do you like Ableton? I love Ableton. Yeah. Um, do you have experience with any other DAWs? Okay, so I've probably asked you that before. I'll try to do the short version of this. So I used to be in man random movement in the early 2000s with my best friend Mike, and we worked in Logic back then. It was like Logic Six. Right, it was okay. really complicated. I, I we did a couple. Of, we did like Cakebox Sonar, but we eventually kind of settled in Logic like five, six in that range. And he moved to Florida, and I just was like. I can't do this anymore. I can't do it without him. Like I just, I really struggled with logic. Mm. And so when he moved to Florida, I basically gave up on production and I really wish I wouldn't have done that. Like I feel like I lost like almost 10 years, just like I can't do it on my own. Um, mm. Where he was kind of a savant and I was more of like the idea guy in the studio, yeah. you know, and I would kind of like direct him and sure. you know, yeah. he would do all the magic. Um, I don't think that's that uncommon. I think no. a lot of duos and, and trios are, are kind of that thing. Like some people have one talent and not the other. Yeah. And so you, we you were see perfect a lot of people way. pair up like that. We were yeah. perfect that way. Like he was classically trained. I wasn't classically trained. I was a DJ. He wasn't a DJ. So um, like the um, track layout and stuff was like totally my thing because I could make everything perfectly DJ friendly, you know, 64 bar intro, whatever, you know, just like as a DJ, I kind of know how I want the track to be constructed. And so, and he, you know, he was great with music, you know, with being able to play. And so I would just like feed him like songs, like ideas, like, Hey, like I like this, the elements in this track, let's try to do something. And he would just like bang it out on the, on the piano or the keyboard. Um, but anyway, so what I was getting at though, is I'd say like five years ago, I'm like, man, I gotta like 
figure this out. Like I'm wasting too much time. Like all my friends are producing. Like what what am I doing? Like it can't be rocket science. So um, I can't remember if I got a trial version or if I just bought it. But I got Ableton one Friday and like by Sunday, like I was already just like it was just drag and drop. <laughs> like I was just like crap. Why did I wait so long? Yeah, <laughs> I mean like I have all these drum loops and all these drum breaks and I'm like dropping them into Ableton. And it's automatically like you know warping them and I'm just like oh man like just moving blocks around and you know just got a couple soft sense and like a, like literally a week later I had my first track done and it got signed by a label that I love and I'm just like dude like <laughs> I just wasted a decade like thinking it was too hard and uh, yeah. I just I love Ableton just because I never read a manual I may have like went on YouTube a couple times to kind of figure something out and but it was like so intuitive and i just love that and i've bought logic and i have bitwig on my computer like some other daws and i just uh Bit, bitwig's real similar it's you know I, I feel like i could bust out a track in bitwig but i have logic yeah, i've never used that one it, it's made by x ableton people so there's yeah, a lot I of similarities logic a little bit but even that's been probably 10 years ago yeah logic just wasn't as intuitive for me like i was i was having trouble doing the like the warping kind of stuff that I yeah. really rely on with Ableton with with break beats and getting them to you know in in the correct time and things like that so uh, but I just I, I, f I feel like I'm I just wanted to get some other DAWs just because I was kind of like needed some change of pace or I just kind of yeah. was like uninspired and I f thought like a new DAW might like make me I I've done that before that was what got me into the like the machine yeah. studio and this uh, you know the complete yeah. and all that kind of stuff yeah. it was like I just wanted like a, a change to to get back into like I don't know, just like a jump start kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing that you've worked on a lot probably since the last time that we that we really talked, like in studio, um, is you've uh, you've been doing piano lessons. I assume you're still doing piano lessons. Is that yeah, true? I do piano lessons every Friday. Every Friday. Um, every huh? Friday. I'm so how's to, that going? I'm supposed to do homework during the week, and I, I like I'm on a very slow trajectory. Yeah. Like just because it's it's hard. For, like when I have a little bit of time at the end of the day, like I want to make tracks. I want to organize some of my DJ stuff. I'm online buying records for hours on hours. Um, and I'm just like, I stretch myself so thin with all my different like interests. Um, so I feel like I should practice piano more. Um, yeah, but, here. Uh, <laughs> but I, like, I, I really working with Mike, my old partner, like, I, like he was classically trained. So say we found a really cool sample, like a loop of like a saxophone. So like, you know, that sax loop is in G minor and he could just like improvise on the keys like with a synth or with a bass line. And I'm just like, oh, like it's amazing. Like I wish I could just do that. Um, and so I was hoping that piano lessons would kind of be a vehicle to like learn theory because I bought some theory books and it's really, it's it's not fun reading. It's kind of, it's like reading math. It's it, Music is so much like math and it's just like, it's hard for me to learn that way without having somebody like use practical examples mm. of things. And just reading theory books, just really, I've got three or four different dry. ones. It's just really dry. And so, um, you know, with piano lessons, I wish I was doing like more jazz stuff. It's more like your traditional piano lessons is a lot of classical, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm learning things and I'm learning technique and I, I would really like to be able to play. I did, um, when I was younger, I did Suzuki method, which is like, it was originally for violin mm -hmm. um, and then it just it branched into other instruments but it's a, it's a Japanese um, discipline and it's like a, a classical training style mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, it's it 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 taught me some things really well. But I think if I had focused on more of a jazzy discipline, I might have used it more just because I think it would cater to my strengths. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I'm way, way more interested in jazz keys and being able yeah. to improvise rather than performing and reading sheet music and being able to have a piece and be able to play it. I mean, the technique stuff that I'm learning is valuable no matter what. Just, you know, fingering, chord, yeah. you know, you know, all that stuff is really going to help me once but i feel like once i get to a certain point and i don't know when that is i'm probably going to pivot towards learning jazz um because that's really what i want to do is, yeah. is more improvisational to kind of help me with my productions yeah i was going to say that would be probably the vehicle for for doing that yeah. for for improving productions because then you could sit in front of the keyboard and just come up with ideas exactly. which is kind of the probably the point yeah and i still yeah. feel like i can't quite do that yet but i'm i'm having fun like i i love my piano teacher he's a great guy and it's just fun it, you know it's one day a week it's not overwhelming and you know i get out of the house every friday morning and we have fun and you know so i you know, it's not that I don't want to do it or I'm not getting enjoyment out of it because I love it. It's, it's great. And uh, my kids think it's fun when I play, but I'm just I'm not even after four years like I'm not I'm not great. <laughs> so but it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And if it takes me 10 years, it takes me 10 years. Like, yeah, you know, it was like I was talking about with my production stuff. Like you got to start at some at some point And, you know, you know, it's, the longer you wait, the longer you wait. Yeah. Say five <laughs> years from now, I really am, am kind of getting the hang of it. Like I'll probably be having a lot of fun with it. Okay, we'll get right back to our interview with Mr. Shifter here in just a moment. I hope you're enjoying these tunes that he shared with us when he was here playing on our Twitch channel. Just wanted to break in here quickly and tell you about a couple of things that we have published recently on our YouTube channel. Uh, we've been doing a lot of music-related stuff, posting people's music uh, mixes and performances, and so uh, some things that you might want to look into. If you remember last podcast episode's guest, Xander, uh, he came uh, here and did a mix at the same time, and it was kind of a uh, dark, deep, progressive house mix. Definitely recommend you check that out, especially because it was pretty much all originals and remixes. Uh, Mike Donovan also came a while back and played in a great, deep, soulful house mix. Um, and I held on to that mix for a long time, had some editing issues and stuff, and I recently posted that. Uh, definitely recommend you give that a listen. And then continuing the theme of house music, our very own Mo Dingo recently uh, did a live stream for us and we posted the recording of that. It's called Mo Knows House. And uh, of course, we did the thing that we normally do and kind of uh, interacted with the chat and uh, brought the music down every few minutes and talked. And it was really a good time. And of course, Mo played some great house music. So I definitely recommend that you go to our YouTube channel and check those out. Uh, as well as an upcoming new Mo Dingo series, which is going to be called Three Things. And these are going to be very short, digestible videos where uh, we talk about three different things in the DJ space. So definitely go check those out. Also, just a reminder that you can join our community group on Facebook. The easiest way to get to that is passionatedj.com slash community. It's a great place to go and ask questions, you know, share pictures of your DJ setup help inspire other DJs. Uh, the only thing that we ask is that you don't go there and post a bunch of spam, you know, don't go and link your mixes and stuff. We have one post per week called Fire Away Fridays where we have it reserved for just those things. So please just keep it to that thread and, uh, and enjoy the other fans of Passionate DJ and what they have to say. Now we've been asked uh, a few times how people can support Passionate DJ. 
Uh, you know, we've recently talked about some support models, uh, you know, maybe going back to Patreon and doing that sort of stuff. Uh, premium content and different ways that we can do that uh, if that's stuff that you're interested in us bringing back please let us know you know one thing that really helps is and I, I know that you hear it all the time but just liking and sharing our content it really does make a difference the YouTube algorithm in particular right now seems to be favoring likes so what doesn't seem like a big deal to you and it only takes a second is an indicator to YouTube saying that maybe other DJs like you will want to see this video. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, if you do want to just straight up send us tips, you can do that anytime, whether or not we're actively playing on Twitch. You can just go to paypal.me slash passionate DJ. And then, of course, we have our merch store, passionatedj.com slash merch. All right, let's get back to Mr. Shifter. The sound that you uh, that you started out with today, that kind of it's like uh, liquidy, liquidy, moody, moody sound. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna after the conversation here, we're gonna play some more tunes for those who are listening on the live stream. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to continue that kind of sound, or do you, uh, you don't have to give everything away? But or do you have something else planned? Where, where's some, your head at? Um, I got some other stuff. I might like pivot 180 and play some like called autonomic like halftime like kind of real okay synthy spacey i like that and some of it's kind of more hip-hop oriented like i might do kind of both i've got two different like the halftime drum and bass is in halftime it's you know it's it's essentially kind of like hip-hop because it's been like that 85 bpm range and some of it can vary like vibe wise you know like drum yeah. and bass is just all over the place like there's drum and bass that's aggressive and hard and gnarly and there's beautiful and melodic you know it's just it's a weird genre how it just can be like yeah. all over the place well that's why we we like having you here man because you you help us really explore that sound mm-hmm. on on the show where because uh, other than trip, uh, none of us really play a lot of drum and bass. Mm-hmm. You know, are, are really digging into that stuff all the time. And so when you come here, it's like, oh wow, listen to this. Wow, well, wow. You know, it's, I feel like sometimes it gets a bad rap. Um, you know, people are like, I don't like drum and bass. I'm like, let me give me a minute. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, I used to like in the early 2000s, I would um, at raves and nightclubs, I would follow house DJs a lot. And it's it can be really intimidating when you're a drum and bass DJ because you can just like clear the room in an instant. Mm. You, you got a, a room of people just vibing their asses off the house and you got to like completely yeah. do a 180. And so in the early 2000s, um, like that liquid funk really blew up, like around 2003. Mm-hmm. High Contrast came along, got really popular. Uh, DJ Markey came along, got really popular. They started doing like essential mixes. It became like, you know, 
at that point, there weren't a whole lot of drone-based DJs doing essential mixes and things like yeah. that. So that sound really blew up. And so I kind of pivoted away from playing like dark drum and bass to playing liquid funk. And a lot of my friends are like, dude, what are you playing? I'm just like, this, I love this stuff. Like, it's great. You, you know, going back to what I was saying a few minutes ago, what, like, I like everything. Yeah. So, um, you know, some of my friends are just like, they DJ dark drum and bass. That's their thing. And that's cool. But like, I, so I'm, I'm into it all. And so it was really cool at that time to be able to follow up a house DJ and like have people come up to you and be like, I didn't think I liked drum and bass, but this stuff is really cool. There's there's probably not much of a better compliment for a DJ, right? Totally. So like, I didn't think I liked that music, but you showed me differently. Mm -hmm. You know, at least it should be. Yeah, and I feel like some people like, listen every other beat. You don't have to listen to every beat. Like, <laughs> listen to it like hip-hop. It's right. just like hip-hop. It's 85 beats per minute. You don't, you don't have, have to be on every beat. Just <laughs> every other beat. And they're like, yeah. You know, like, just, just come on. Like, it's, you know. And they're like, you know, because some people are like, oh, it's too fast. I can't listen to it. I'm just like, every other beat. You know, I mean, some songs ex accentuate every beat, and some songs yeah, yeah. are more, you know, on every other beat. So it kind of depends on the track you're listening to. But... Um, yeah, and it's just, uh, I, you know, I feel like some drum and bass gets a bad rap sometimes <coughs> because you know, there's, it's all over the, there's so many different facets to it and, yeah. you know, it, it can be anything. It's like just a weird vehicle for all different kinds of vibes and the halftime stuff really got popular. I'd say, I don't know, six, seven years ago, maybe. And, uh, it really kind of brought some new energy into the genre. It was kind of stale for a while and that scene kind of. You know, every genre goes through different phases and different Absolutely. things. Some things come back in style, thing, you know. But the, the halftime stuff really got popular uh, like six or seven years ago, and it really ushered in a lot of new energy and new artists, and it was a really good thing. And so I was playing that a ton. Yeah, but you got to kind of be careful, though. Like, you kinda, sometimes in a club situation, you got to kind of, like, sprinkle it in because it gets kind of, like, slow and then you know it works yeah. really well to like break up your set to have like you know an, an ebb yeah. and a flow to it where you can kind of bring it down almost then, like when somebody drops to a halftime hip-hop beat in the middle of a song or something yeah. like that and it kind of changes the, yeah. it gets the crowds just attention shakes them up a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah just like get you out of like just this you know same thing for an hour and uh, yeah. i would love to play little like 15 or 20 minute like sections of it and then go back in and you know i, I really like it So do you want to talk gear? It's it's 
probably hard to have you here and not want to talk about gear, right? I can talk about gear. I love so gear. What, what's been catching your fancy lately? Well, what uh, are you playing on? Okay, so... S11, right? I have an S11 now. I had an S9 for a couple years. I've gone through so many different setups in the last five years. It's kind of silly. <laughs> I went through like three different DJ controllers that I have my turntable set up to. Okay. So I had a DDJ SX, then I had an XDJ RX, then I had an XDJ RX2. Um, <laughs> okay, so you went standalone. Oh, and I had a I had an S9 in there at some in somewhere in that timeline, <laughs> and then so I sold my XDJ RX2, which I liked a lot, and then I went back to the the S. I bought another S9, um, and then I upgraded to the S11 just because it seemed really cool and, and some of the features, like some of the features for a DJ like me. Um, really, really appealed to me because um, I do a, a lot of like 45 uh, funk and hip hop mixing. Um, yeah, we we'll have to talk about that. Yeah, and and some of the new features on the S11, um, like the where it automatically kicks in the reverb or the echo when you um, pull a channel down or kick the mm. fader over, so cool. Um, it just makes your mixes so much smoother and eliminates you having to, you know, manually do things. Um, yeah. Did you see the so on the the S7, which is the mm -hmm. the mixer that Tony just yeah, bought? Yeah, um, they have the uh, the new feature on that was Loop MIDI. Mm -hmm. um, it, are you familiar? Somewhat, yeah. It essentially it just sends a, a, a looping MIDI signal to the software mm -hmm. um, to the rhythm. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, you know the example that I put in my video is one of the stock mappings where it. It'll raise the key of the track to a specific like. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that online. Okay, so I saw you know you referenced that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that. But you could, you know, get creative and yeah, use yeah, that yeah. In, in whatever way you know. But yeah, I've always kind of like been. I, I've never really used any of the the MIDI functions on any of my gear when it's had it. And, and, Same and I'm a producer. Like I use Ableton. I use different DAWs, and like I'm kind of a, a a nerd with that kind of stuff. But for whatever reason, I've just never kind of ventured down that path. The only time I have, and this this goes to what we were talking about off camera before we started, is um, sometimes if I have a MIDI mappable mixer, I'll uh, and I'm using software. I'll I'll map the software's filters to the hardware filters oh, cool. if I like them better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like on this this Pioneer yeah. 850 that doesn't really have adjustable resonance, it's mm -hmm. real harsh and yeah. squelchy. Yeah. I might just like map it to tractor mm -hmm. or whatever instead and use that filter cuz then I can dial that in. Yeah. yeah. That was really one of the main selling points for me going I mean the S9's up awesome mixer mm. i mean i would still be happy with it but when i saw the the promo stuff for the s11 like really being able to tweak um the effects like on the echoes and the delays you can have a high pass filter on them so you know when you're engaging the yeah. the delay you don't have that like kick drum the thum, thum, yeah. thum, thum, thum. like if you're going to fade out of a track yeah. it just has that gentle you know kind of echo out and not the the baseline with yeah, it or the, the kick shoes drum. and the dryer thing yeah and um just things like that like really appealed to me um, and I'm just, it's almost like a perfect mixer for me. I just, I'm, I'm totally, I, I, I can't see myself getting rid of it. Shout out good vibes in the chat. He says he's loving his S11. Oh, he got one? Congrats, yeah, dude. He's a, a friend of the show and of us, us all here in the room. And uh, he, he's, 
gotten back into to DJing a little bit, I think, after a hiatus. So it's been cool to see him uh, enjoying that. Yeah, totally. I mean, what a great mixer to get back into it with, yeah. like, so many fun possibilities and like it's just like a toy you know it's like yeah. it's, it's totally like a toy it's awesome right? I, ike b was sitting here singing about it too he had the s9 and it, it's basically that you know similar but doesn't have like all the fancy like you know screens and yeah, stuff yeah. but yeah people just love those like battle like paddle mixers mm -hmm. you know with the paddle effects i and love stuff. the pa so um watching videos of dj newmark um like really kind of sold me on the s9 just watching him with the paddles and like just just kicking on the reverb just to kind of go in between like with funk stuff because it's a lot trickier to mix like funk and hip-hop and yeah. just those that little touch of uh, reverb when you're going between tracks just makes the the transition smoother and just yeah. focus on that let's so you've been doing a lot of mixing like shall we say real music or not real music but like music made from analog instruments and humans right mm -hmm. so we're talking funk and disco yeah. and, and old stuff right yeah. um and not only that but mixing a lot of 45s yeah yeah i got so really that sounds like a pain in the ass it's watching dj newmark and I, i'm surprised i didn't get to collecting them so i started buying like hip-hop singles about 10 years ago um like i have like pretty much all the lps get expensive mm. um and you know they're not as easy easy to dj 33 rpm you know with like three or four or five tracks aside yeah so i started buying up all my favorite 12 inch hip-hop singles to just mess around and dj with hip-hop and then you know 45 djing really you know has gotten it's like a whole scene you know it's you know in the past yeah. decade or so like you know DJ like Jazzy Jeff, uh, well, Scratch see, I was say, Scratch DJs are doing it on those those portable like the new yeah. mark uh, portable yeah. table yeah. and all those. Well, and even the vinyl is just like forty five reissues has become a huge thing in the last ten years. Um, like all kinds of stuff is getting pressed to forty five, and it's just kind of like a, you know, I'm I'm kind of still new to it, but it's you know there's a really deep scene with it you've got Newmark, scratch bastard dj coco you have these like amazing djs that just like i watch them they make it look so easy and djing 45s is really tricky and i've got 1200s i've got 447 sure cartridges and it, i'm still like <laughs> how the hell do they do it like you have to be so delicate with your hands like they're you know djing 12 inches is you know they don't skip really like you just you have to be so gentle with them and it's it's you have to know your spots mixing in and out of them um because 12 inches in house and techno it's just very what's this just a visual aid oh yeah 45s yeah so you what know what does a 45 go for these days oh like so oh, is my wife watching <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. a regular domestic dance song okay um, a hip-hop song so so new stuff is normal like 13 12 13 or something but like 
the wait a minute for a forty-five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> he said normal. Last time I bought a forty-five, it was probably seventy-nine cents. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, like I buy dollar bin forty-fives, uh-huh. and then I buy forty-fives for ninety to one hundred and fifty dollars. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, is that like limited press stuff, or is that like vintage stuff? Both. Both. Yeah. So. So some of the 45 stuff that comes out will be like edits of um, Southern Girl by Erica Badu where they'll like put a beefier, mm. beefier kick, beefier drum track behind it or something. Make it, you know, make funk tracks from back in the day uh, more DJ friendly. Yeah, where quantize, quantize the drum breaks and things like that. So the, they're usually small pressings of like 100, 200, 300 uh, pressings. But you have like a lot of DJs that collect this stuff. It's hyper collectible market and so once they sell out like literally like within the next year it can be going on discogs for 80 bucks 100 bucks like and some of the you know i've been buying 45s that i missed from like the past couple years i literally just bought one on ebay a couple days ago and i think i paid like uh 80 or 90 bucks for it i'm just but i have to have it it's so (laughs) it's so dope and i want it so bad and i won't I'll, it's going to grind me up until I own it. And so, like, I mean, I don't do that often. That's Are you afraid to play, like, expensive, no, rare? No, no not really. Um, but it's more just like that comic book collecting. It's <coughs> yeah. stamp collecting. It's My just video, games, video game collecting. <laughs> it's like a hyper yeah. collectible kind of scene. And so the, the thing that drives any kind of vinyl worth is the... Li- the rarity of it mm-hmm. like it doesn't really matter i mean how good it is makes a difference but it's all about i didn't scary. realize that they were print like reprinting things like that yeah, and adding stuff that, like, that makes huge. more sense repressing than. stuff on 45 uh, one of the other djs that really popularized 45 djing was bismarcky mm-hmm. he does oh, a yeah, ton yeah. of he does a ton of 45 sets and th- there's just like a a novelty to it or like you know, people watch people DJing 45s and there's just something cool about it. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's fun. So, uh, but yeah, it's just, I've kind of gone down a rabbit hole with it. I buy a ton of reggae and dancehall in 45. I buy a ton of funk and disco and boogie. Dis- I, you should see my disco collection on 45. It's thick. Um, I buy tons of disco on 45. I buy tons of boogie and like roller, jam- you know, roller skating kind of stuff. So are you pretty much just riding the pitch when you're trying to mix those, or are you are you are so, you hands on the record? How are you trying to keep those live drummers and stuff lined up? Okay, so first of all, I have all of my 45s in order by beats per minute. So <laughs> now we're getting now we're getting into the Mister Shifter <laughs> stuff. We're getting into organization yeah. and so, OCD. Oh, total! I'm the I'm I'm hardcore. So I go to Staples and I buy these Avery labels that I put like on all my jackets. Um, and I organize them by beats per minute. And so and some of them are kind of like ballpark beats per minute because you're dealing with like live drummers and things like yeah. that. But I need to know they're in the same ballpark. Yeah, they're remotely compatible. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, like you can have funk tracks that are 85 beats per minute and 115 beats per minute. And like I don't want to be like digging through yeah. alphabetically. I need to know like, you know, that's how I work. So like, you already have a huge record collection. What's your 45 collection like? at this point um is it is it growing it's crazy or it's getting pretty crazy yeah i'd say i'm probably getting close to like a thousand i mean but some people that's like nothing but um 
like I, I think my 45 collection is pretty dope. <laughs> like it's pretty respectable. And, and like, you know, I've well, got it's more compact too. You yeah. You get yeah, yeah. more collectibles in one yeah. place. <laughs> I, I, and I haven't gotten to DJ it enough yet. Like with COVID, like I started really getting into it right before COVID hit. And we were talking earlier, like I just need a patio block mm. party kind of vibe, like outside Absolutely. when it's sunny and I will like bring the house down. <laughs> like I, I just, yeah, I can say firsthand. I know that you, you, you can rock a patio, man. That's yeah. That's yeah. like where I feel like the most comfortable. Yeah. And so I like doing like house sets on patios, but I haven't really gotten to do a lot of my 45 stuff yet. And I still, I, I got to get better at it. It's really, it's really tricky to DJ. And that's why I said, I organize all my stuff by beats per minute, just so I can kind of start at a certain point you know, start slow and kind of work myself up. Um, so yeah. Tony Mo, how you fellas doing over there? You got, I don't want to hog the mic. You guys got no, any questions good. or anything you want to keep rolling with it, man. You got, yeah. Yeah. There, you guys are. There company. was one more question though, from where it go. DJ good vibes. Where'd it go? What's up? Sean? Any chance that you and trip make a tune together? Oh, man. Both y'all's Tri- knowledge of music is absolutely this crazy. Is, this is on me. That would be dope. Yeah, this is on me. Because um, we've talked about it. Like, we're, we have the same birthday. We are like, I love him like a brother. Wow, I did, I did not know that about the birthday. May 9th, just the other day. Um, yeah, and I, I love Trip like a brother. I really, if we were in the same city, like, I wouldn't leave that guy alone. Like, I feel like I just, it bums me out to this day that we live in different cities how much I love that dude. But uh, we have so much in common, um, especially with drum and bass. Like, I yeah. love that we have that in common. And it's it's part of it's on me. We've talked about it a million times to, to do some music together. And I just need to, like, take the initiative and, like, start something and pass it off or whatever. Well, and start here, what, come what, here what, and do a B2B or something. Well, yeah. see what, but what, what I want to see is a track with uh, Jack, mm-hmm. Trip, and... Firecat, <laughs> we can do that. Yeah, Firecat emceeing on the on the uh, oh, we can on do the that. background. That oh, would be fly. I've always wanted to have like some hip hop vocals or uh, work with a vocalist. I still, um, I still haven't really done that. I've done some remixes where I've I've done, you know, I've worked with vocals, but I've I've really wanted to do some original drum and bass halftime kind of stuff with like an MC. Yeah, um, yeah, I just haven't really. Will's dope, like, yeah. Um, but I haven't really found someone, or you know, just if there was like a, a friend in Columbus that was like an MC, and I'd just be like, come over to my house, like, you know, come yeah. over this Saturday, and we'll just, you know, see what happens, kind of thing. And it just kind of hasn't materialized. But um, I just, uh, I really want to to get into that. So maybe I'll head up Will, and we could we could work something out because I I do need to do that with Trip. It's just it's like a year or two overdue. Yeah, well, yeah. the other thing too is like COVID, like, like Trip and I talked about like hanging out in the studio, um, you know, me coming to Dayton or, you know, him coming to my place and then just COVID kind of derailed so many things like that. Yeah. And now I feel like, like I, we could do things o- over the internet and pass things off, but I've really wanted to do things in person. Like I just yeah, want to see, want to see what kind of sparks happen, yeah. you know, when we're just improvising and I mean, we, we had to make all kinds of you know changes here th- through all that that was like especially since we were going this kind of like direction where we wanted to have like guest djs and do the music and the c- camera shots and crawling all over everything and then all of a sudden it was like 
don't be in the same room with other people. And we're like, <laughs> shit. <I'm> like, <laughs> now what? So, you know, we, we figured it out for the most. That was kind of what started spreading us out in the room uh -huh. and started taking all our precautions and everything. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it, it's crazy how much that just, it changed everything for sure that we do. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a lot of collaboration things I need to make good on. I've got some friends that I need to, to do some tracks with. So I'm just, I'm trying to do the best I can. <laughs> I'm just, um, it's hard. Uh, I, I do want to go back to the, the, the organization thing because yeah. I, I feel like we could uh, talk about maybe, I think on the phone or something we talked about, uh, maybe was it smart crates or we were talking about something about the digital organization, yeah, like I feel, how you use it. Yeah. I like nerd out with metadata and like, I've just like my, you know, some people throw like when they sh go to a DJ gig, they throw like, 20 tracks in their folder and they like plug it in. And I look at that. I'm like, <laughs> like, how are you not preparing everything? <laughs> you know, all their file names are all janky. And right. I'm just like, I'm the, t I mean, I don't expect people to be like me. Cause I'm like, it's, it's almost Crazy. like, it's almost not healthy. <laughs> like how kind of OCD I get with it, but I love no, it. I, it's beautiful, man. Like, so, like I love seeing your, like your photos of you, like how hyper nerded out you get about some organizational detail. Yeah. I'm like, no, I love it. That's like, Porn. <laughs> well, it, well, like my, my record collection, I have it organized by record label, like my drum and bass. Mm -hmm. Like I've got them separated by genre. And then like the only way that makes sense to me where if somebody's like, find me that record, I know exactly, boom. Like if it's yeah. by style or if it's by, like that's the only way. Like some people don't know record labels. Like I know the catalog number. I know the record label. Like I look it up on Discogs. Like I just that's how my brain works. And so like in my digital collection is very organized a certain way. Like I have this folder hierarchy that I use, so I know where to find anything when I want to find it. So I've got genre folders. I've got drum and bass. I've got house. I've got techno. House and techno are kind of like in a combined thing because there's a lot of gray area. yeah yeah there's tech house techno tech you know so the techno and house kind of go together but so inside of those folders i've got record labels and it's almost like how i organize my records and so i've got folders for each record label and then inside those folders i use the same text format for, you know for then i've got folders in each of those for each release and it's okay and it's and it's by catalog number and it's just everything's basically like chronological. So when you're when you're searching for a digital track, yeah, are, are you are you searching by typing on a QWERTY keyboard? Are well, you flipping through album art? See, I don't do really. You... Back in the day, before Recordbox and Serato, I was more mindful of like how I organized my files because I didn't really have like the Explorer. You, you know, now yeah. I don't really need to reference the actual files as much because I have it all in Recordbox. Mm. Um, but in Recordbox, like the metadata is all uniform. Every single of the thousands of files, the, everything is formatted the same. So in the album, it's it's record label, catalog number, and then if there's like catalog number in parentheses, and then if there's like an album name or an EP name, it goes after that. But it just like I can sort by album. Like if I'm in a particular crate, or if I'm if I'm going, you know, if I'm using a search function or whatever in what's the word I'm looking for. Like if I'm eliminating things. No filter. Yeah. Thank you. Jesus. <laughs> like, I'm like, what the hell? So if I'm filtering and I'm looking at, you know, 
20 files or 300 files. I typically will sort by album and then just everything's exactly how I want. So it's typically nice. by record label. Again, this is like how I like it. And then usually if I have the album, the record label and then the, the catalog number, the catalog numbers are usually chronological. So it's usually like an abbreviation of the record label name and then like 001, 002, 003. Okay. So do you use any other kind of tricks or identifiers when it comes to, I guess, recognizing a track's place in a set or, yeah. you know, like this yeah. has a certain level of energy? Do you yeah. use the star ratings? They, do you use, you know, comments? How, how do you? So like I, um, I can plug some software that I love. Okay. I'm a Mac user. I use the one of the softwares that I use is called Meta, M-E-T-A. That's what I use to edit all my metadata. So okay. at first, I throw all my files in there and almost just like wipe them clean just so I can start from scratch and get everything album art the way I want, you know, all the... Yeah. all the, the Is it import from a database to start? I just do it all my own. You just do it on I just do it all my own. Like I'll have to go on Discog sometimes to like get yeah. certain information. Um, but so I do that first. Then I throw everything in mixed in key, um, have the key written to comments. And then mixed in key, I'm, I'm on version 10, the most I've used mixed in key since version one. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like Yakov, the owner, like yeah. email him. Like, yeah, I was like a beta tester for it. Like I love mixed in key. So I run everything through there and then I throw everything into record box. And then that's where I kind of do my like nerd out kind of, mm. um, the the my tag stuff like i feel like some people don't get hip to it and some people don't have time for that but man like if you can take the time even if it's just for like your your not all your music but just like your main stuff like so i'll take it like i've gone in the the my tag feature or panel on the you know and so tons of descriptors like vocals um for drum and bass, is it a roller? Is it a stepper? Is it like different characteristics? Is it halftime, uh, male vocal, female vocal, peak hour, uh, warm up? Uh, is it an anthem? Just pick a set of words or phrases that like would mean something to you. And yeah, any try kind to of, stick to those. Yeah, like you know, not getting too specific. I mean, sometimes yeah, but you know, all these different descriptors, and then I you know I pick a track. And then I check every box that applies to it. So like I can get super nerdy with with smart playlists. I can go, okay, I want all my favorite tracks from 2008 to 2012 with male vocals. That's for a warm-up set. That is pretty sweet. Like it's <laughs> badass. It is pretty sweet. Like it's yeah. so cool. I, like I'm, the work that you have to put in, especially if you think of it from like starting on your collection that you already have is yes. like – Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, but see, when like, you think about being able to do that, it's like, if you, if you okay. keep up with it, like, you know, and like I said, it can be too daunting if you're just like, I have 900 files. Jack, I'm not, you I would have a heart attack if you looked at my tractor collection or record box collection or that record shelf <laughs> closely enough. Like I said, I, I know I'm an outlier. I know I don't expect many people to do this, but it's, it's just so cool to be able to do that. Like, I mean, just all different kinds of, filtering and you can do it on the the 2000s and the xd days like you can you can do the my tag filtering so mm. i can say yeah i don't want any vocals right now like i want all my favorite tracks from this 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 crate but no vocals and yeah. it'll just filter those out like stuff like that's pretty cool yeah especially because then then in the moment it's like you could you could think i would when i would say strategically rather than like 
oh, I need to find something. Oh, I need to find something. It's like you can you can approach it with like what kind of sound am I looking for yeah. and show me those. And and it, it's funny. Like I don't use it a ton. It's almost more for like my enjoyment just to be like i can do that you know just because you're a nerd (laughs) yeah but there are like there really are practical applications like when i'm curating like a dj set sometimes it helps me rather than just going through hundreds of files and dragging everything over i can just be like okay i just want my favorite like so a thing that i do often is in the comments field of my mp3s or Mm -hmm. my aifs or audio files i put favorite um if it's one of my favorite tracks Okay. So it's a really convenient way for me to filter. Like if I delete all my playlists and everything and I re-import those files into a uh, Serato or record box, I know for all my favorite tracks in that comments field, it's mm. going to say favorite because you make playlists and stuff. And if you lose the playlist, like it's gone. So you could use that like in a, in a panic moment or anything. Yeah. It's just, Oh, these tracks, boom, like, they're here. That's one of my, like probably my number one thing that I like to do. Like if that's I had cool. one thing that that's like my thing that I have to do is like on tracks that I, you know, I have, I have so many tracks that like, I might not ever DJ or, you know, or just okay. But like my favorite tracks that I want to play all have favorite in the comments field. And I can always find things that way. And like I said, if I, if I delete my record box library, I always have that there as long as the metadata doesn't for some reason get like cleared out. So it's just, you know, I can, if I'm in a playlist or if, if I filter a certain way, I can type in favorite in that search box in record box and that you know I, I get to the meat of what i want yeah and i don't have to look at all those filler tracks i really like doing that well mr shifter are you down to play some more tunes for the the live stream here hopefully yeah i'm I, i'm just gonna wing it like <laughs> perfect i don't know how this is gonna turn out i don't i don't dj this stuff as much good um so you know well that, that's why we do this so you know we keep telling people like Everybody says some version of that, right? Like, ah, oh, I just this, I, I can't ever play this stuff in the club or yeah, you yeah. know whatever. And it's like, good, like play it here. Yeah, That's yeah. why we're doing this. Yeah. Play what do you? Xander said the same thing last night. Last night, mm-hmm. yeah, That's pretty cool. Give yeah. you the outlet to do that. Uh, yeah, so I'll probably play some halftime stuff. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll just. I, I, I guess I won't say too much because just we'll just like I always do. We'll just kind of see what happens. I just I typically wing it when I'm in a club. I just uh, I don't like to I don't like to be pigeonholed into something. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Another common theme. <laughs> you know, like, you don't like to pigeon your hole. Shout out Trip Turlington. Well, back, <laughs> yeah, back in the day, you know, you show up with your record crate. And it's like if this isn't working, like, you're stuck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. Uh, well, cool. Know. Well, before we uh, go back to the tunes, can you uh, tell everybody where they can follow you on all the socials and things and anything that you want to plug and share? Yes. Um, so almost all of my socials are Mr. Shifter. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, everything slash Mr. Shifter. The one thing. M-I-S-T-E-R. Correct. Shifter. Don't ever spell my name M-R on a flyer. <laughs> I will cut you down. No, okay. no, yes. We got to specify because there'd be the audio audience too for the podcast. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, it's always M-I-S-T-E-R-S-H-I-F-T-E-R. Mr. Shifter, and then on Twitch, there's a Mr. Shifter that ugh, bastard, that bastard, fake ass Mr. Shifter. I know. Shifter. So yeah, on Mr. Sh- on Twitch, I'm um, Mr. Shifter Music. Mr. Shifter so Music. Follow me, yeah, follow me on my socials. I've got some stuff going on this Saturday. I have a new track dropping on a record label that I really love, and I'm not allowed to talk about it until it drops on Saturday. But that's got me super excited. 
Um, I have a few other things in the pipeline um, that'll be released later this year. Um, so yeah, I don't have a ton going on right now, but I'm, I'm trying to finish up some tracks and get some more stuff in the pipeline. I'm just okay. not, a, you know, some people just bust out tracks like it's nothing. Like I've never been that. I'm, I'm slow. Like every now and then I get lucky and I finish a track in a couple days, but I'm just, I'm a, I'm a slow, I'm a, I'm a, on a slow pace. So I've got a few things in the pipeline that I'm excited about, but some of it I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Um, I re- released a few things last year. It's all on my SoundCloud. So if you want to kind of see the stuff I've released, um, DJ mixes, tracks, I've got a ton of stuff on SoundCloud. I've got hip hop mixes on SoundCloud. Just thanks for everyone who tuned in. Absolutely. Um, if you give me a follow, I always appreciate that. I, you know, I try to stay pretty active on social stuff. I'll try to get more into doing more Twitch streams. Um, sometimes it's just hard. Like, Welcome here anytime, man. Yep, I'll come back. I promise. It's as easy as us flipping a switch and turning on the lights. So I will be back. Soon. It. Sweet. Looking All right, let's it. do it. Um, thank you so much for coming here and doing this, man. Like I said, play as long as you want, uh, folks. Enjoy us here. Enjoy it here in the uh, chat and the Twitch channel. And uh, yeah, keep on spinning. Mr. Shifter, live in studio. Give me tunes, man.